listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Google claims that they have reached quantum supremacy. Some of their competitors say, no, you haven't. Uh, IBM uh, is a competitor. Who else is? Somebody else said, no, they don't think you are. But regardless, somebody will eventually. And what is it? Basically, it's super fast computing computing leaps forward from anything that anybody's ever had so far. Mm. Um, And this all fits into artificial intelligence. And, and all that sort of stuff, where computers are going to be able so far, human beings are still ahead of computers. They've come up with a variety of tasks. Speak that com- for yourself. <laughs> computers yeah. fairly recently are able to beat human beings at chess and a variety of other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fairly recent thing. Yeah. And then there's just all kinds of other stuff that they just can't do yet. There's going to be a point with this quantum supremacy where computers leap so far past what human minds are capable of learning and doing that it's where that goes. Nobody even knows. I think it gets pretty frightening pretty fast. A good, a good for instance is like I'm on this jazz music kick, right? And so I've been uh, learning what jazz musicians learn to be able to play jazz. You need to learn every scale in all 12 keys and be able to pull them out off the top of your head as you change keys through a fast-moving song. Right. Computers can't do that. How about your modes? Computers can't do that in a way that produces likable music. Human beings can. Human beings can do that, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's an amazing mathematical feat. Uh-huh. That's just simple, unbelievable memorization of math and the the ability to pull it out on a moment's notice and then make almost art unconsciously. out of it. Unco- yeah, yeah, almost unconsciously and then yeah. make art out of it. It's just incredible. Computers can't do that. They will be able to with quantum supremacy. There's no reason why we can't get better music out of a computer than Miles Davis could ever come up with. Mm. As it learns... Well, okay, so they'll have to develop algorithms that deal with mood and... Just how to convey emotion through sound, or listen to every single song that's ever been made, and and you know, and 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 graph on a chart how popular they were, and figure out what made that good and that. It's basically the way humans do. So it. as as machine learning stands now, that model of you give them examples and you say get close to this as you can. Machine learning is is becoming increasingly uh, efficient at where it is way behind is any time you just give it a blank slate. And just say, okay, now learn from scratch how to do something. You, it still requires guidelines put in by the humans that say, oh, no, when this happens, that's bad, so we need to not do that. And when this happens, that's good, so we need mm-hmm. to do more of this. But the computers soon will be able to figure that all out on their own, I think. Yes. <laughs> Come up with all these ideas on their own uh, with the con- quantum supremacy and how much faster that superconducting processor is. Here's some examples. Google's quantum computer was reportedly able to solve a calculation proving the randomness of numbers produced by a random number generator. It's just a numbers thing. Anyway, it did in 3 minutes and 20 seconds, which would take the world's fastest traditional supercomputer, a computer called Summit, maybe you've heard us talk about it or heard about it in the news. That's the fastest computer in the world. Would have taken Summit 10,000 years to do this. The new quantum supremacy computer did it in 3 minutes and 20 seconds. And they're going to grow in speed from that. Google expects the power of quantum computers to expand at double exponential a double exponential rate. Whereas you've probably heard of Moore's law, we've talked a lot about that, which is the idea that computer powering roughly doubles every eighteen months. This double exponential rate will just be you know it doubles, triples just constantly. 
all day long. I mean, it just keeps getting faster and faster. Just more than a human being could even possibly even come close to even imagining. Hmm. You take in all the information that's ever been in a day, for instance, uh, and then just do with it what you will. What a computer will spit out from that, I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. But when it comes to artificial intelligence. From my experience, most likely pornography. <laughs> but fast. Yes. Will you have a uh, a robot, and we've seen the videos with the robots that can walk around and pick things up, and you can't push them over, and oh, they there, can there, keep their balance? There was one today that was doing a gymnast routine. It was doing somersaults, and it did like a jump twist thing in the air. Well, we're doing it. And it, puts it, it put its <laughs> yeah, hands up okay. at the end when it was all done, like it was waiting for a uh, judge's score. Uh, does it have sharp teeth? <laughs> <laughs> so then you take that robot and put a brain in it that's like this quantum thing where it can learn everything about child care or automotive repair or name it what just absolutely anything mm. it could learn everything there is to know about fixing your car in a moment and uh and and, and do that or take care of your kid figuring out everything there is known about child care or just whatever yeah yeah Oh, it's uh, Boston Dynamics with one of their demos. Yeah. Look at the thing. Oh, yeah, are the you gym. kidding oh, yeah. me? Will we, are you kid where it plays prepare to be eaten? Oh God. Start start just rip oh. my heart out of me so I die quick. Will will we be will our brains become completely irrelevant? There's no point in me learning anything. I've got a computer here that knows everything about everything. Um all the time. And right. just does it for me. Well, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but the uh, leaps forward in term, well, computing, uh, we'll just say computing, thus far have granted us amazing abilities and access and uh, made people miserable and want to kill themselves. Oh, I don't. The next gigantic leap uh, will probably be. Cure all that. Is the that doom, of, <laughs> yeah, right. the doom of mankind. Yeah. Oh, so there'd be that. no point in learning to paint, make music. Automotive repair, anything that you've ever pursued, right. the computer can do it better than any human being ever has or so will. So why be alive? So why be alive will be the problem. Yeah. And you have no job to do because computers do everything. So right. you have no sense of purpose whatsoever. Oh, interestingly, coming up, uh, our next big book review on the Armstrong and Getty Extra Long podcast with uh, Tim Lawyer and Craig, the healthcare guru, and, and Jack and myself will be uh, Stephen Pinker's book, Enlightenment Now. And and it addresses, it starts with addressing that question. Why bother living? To get uh, likes on Twitter. Right. <laughs> That's the answer. I just don't know why his book's so damn long. <laughs> Finally gets to that on the last page. Wow. Yeah, it's, so it's already a problem, and uh, I find it fairly easy to uh, deal with in my own life. I just, I don't, I'm not on Facebook. I don't do that sort of stuff, so I have other things I'm into. But when computers can do everything, they're writing all the newspaper articles. The, the, I mean, all the news is written by a computer. Like mm-hmm. I said, well, just everything. <clears throat> the computer can do it better. Yeah. So I'm thinking about me going through my day. The whole, uh, I, I'd imagine I'll have a, a, shower, a shower robot so I don't have to scrub myself or anything. And it'll brush my teeth. I don't know how it's going to draw various fluids and solids out of me. Which is frequently part of my morning. Uh, looking at the manual, it says, by one method or another. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, right. By whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, but so then it's going to come in here. Will I sit here while it crafts a why talk would, radio why show? Why would you be here? Cracks wise and attempts to unleash a bit of wisdom. No, why would you be here? A computer, will have, a computer will have figured out everything that is clever, funny, 
Okay, fair Every enough. Day, that does that and right. speaks in a human voice and takes in the news of the day and makes funny jokes and gives you the information. So I'm better not, than any human being ever has. That's so, what she said. I'm, so I'm <laughs> so I'm not driving home then in that scenario. No, so I can skip. You that have no part. job. Nobody has a job because there's no point. Okay. Computers do everything. Fair enough. So there I sit at home. It will obviously strum my guitar for me and write another song. Well, you could still do that if you want, but what's the point? The best music ever made has been made by computers. Because it amuses me? Well, you could still do that. Can I go play golf? Of course you could. Is the reason that you currently play music now to make the best music that's ever been made? No. No. Yeah, yeah we, could, we could still have some pursuits, but... Right. But if computers are doing everything, how do you as a human make a living? I mean, well, that's that's what universal basic income. That's what is this so hard to follow? That's what Andrew Yang's running on. That's that's Andrew (laughs) Yang's whole premise is it's all computers and 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 robots generating the income, Marshall, and we just sit around. So the question counting our money, Marshall, it's going to be sweet, fat, and suicidal. (laughs) They're passing their earnings on to us. There are robots. But I would oh. be wondering, like, I'm, All right. I actually am a, uh, a I want to unplug the Internet. I think life was better before the Internet. It'd be easy to make the argument that once these quantum supreme computers take over and do everything, that the that life was better before we ever came up with this. Yeah, it's great. Computers are now uh, multi- a, a gazillion multipliers better than any human mind that's ever existed. And, and so what? Right. How does that make life better on Earth? It doesn't. It doesn't. We would cease reproducing. Uh, suicide would be 60%. And I think human beings would probably you know, die out pretty quickly or become no more significant to the Earth than orangutans, right. which uh, plenty of environmentalists would say is a good thing. Now, what the robots would do and the computers, I don't know. It, it actually boggles my mind, the idea that exponentially increases in computing power moment by moment it's just it's hard to even imagine what that is there's got to be a limit right on how powerful a computer can be yeah i mean at some point it need not be any faster so why would it bother you can do everything there is to do and learn it all in a that long just that long even faster than that so why make it twice as fast as that it's right exactly I can already calculate the trajectory of this meteor in one one millionth of a second. Why would I bother doing it in one half millionth of a second? Right. I mean, it'll be here in 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> What's the hurry? Stop and smell the rose. The uh, uh, What do you call it? The uh, Like uh, Michael Jackson. He's not actually there. It's a hologram. hologram. Stop and smell the rose hologram. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, if only this I could have thought of the word hologram. This, this could happen. Edit out the part where I couldn't think of the word hologram, Michael. <laughs> okay. Right. This will probably happen, take you uh... 10 friggin' minutes because you're so slow compared to these new computers. Right. Well, Google claims they're already there. Competitors say no. You, you, you if have Google a... says it, it's either a lie or evil. Well, uh, well, this all might be evil, but I, IBM says it doesn't count that you came up with a quantum computer that only did a specific task. The whole point of quantum computers is they can do everything. But yeah, regardless, we're, <laughs> regardless, we're very close. This is all going to happen in our lifetimes, and it's just going to be mind-blowing. And there's a bit of a a panic's probably the wrong word, but a, an impetus to be the first one or the first country to have this, because once you get out in front of it and your supercomputers start computing before the other supercomputers do, right. then you you have boat-raced the rest of, of the world. Insurmountable then, lead. Yeah, 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 you have created a, oh, a wow. gap that you yeah. can't. 
that can never be closed, in so theory. My uh, political question for all of this is I can understand how this affects a first world country in an urban environment. Um, you know, I can kind of guess how it might. We're all guessing on this. Right. What effect does it have on people ooching around in the desert killing each other over a thousand-year-old religious beef? They will immediately, and by the many hundreds of thousands or millions, invade those fat, computer-aided societies, smash the computers, kill the people, and take their stuff. And we'll be back to the Dark Ages? Sure. The, the tough Is that hunk, allowed? I don't think they're allowed to do that. The, well, we'll have to have our robots stand guard, I guess. Uh, but the, <laughs> the tough and hungry will not put up with that for very long before they come for your stuff. Although, if the robots, robot, robots, robots made Jason the, robots <laughs> made the calculation that that was going to happen, and they'd f- fly our best warplanes over and obliterate. I don't know. I don't know what the robots are going to do. Yeah, take that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, it's gonna, back. Let me get back to watching my computer strum my guitar. But this <laughs> this stuff all As used I to be suicide in the year twenty five twenty five. So far off, you know, it's kind of fun science fiction to wonder about, but this could happen in the next couple of decades, mm-hmm. this stuff. It's going to be wild. Human beings have no purpose, no need to get a job for millions and millions of people. Well, n- not only no need, you can't. There just aren't jobs existing. There's computers that do it. Right. And so where do you find any purpose in life if you're not providing for yourself and your family? Well, like you said, people will be com- committing suicide. We're already committing suicide in rates nobody's seen in the modern world, you know, probably only going to expand from there. You know, animals don't spend a lot of time worrying about their purpose. They're just trying to get they something to eat. They just behave. They're trying to get something to eat all day long and reproduce. Uh, right. Is this God's greatest joke? I'm going to give you self-awareness. Good luck. I'm taking a bite out of the tree of uh, knowledge. That's what the tree of knowledge was. Yeah. It wasn't about covering up your junk. It was about knowing how to sow the seeds of your own doom. There you go. I think we solved it. There you go. Like the nature of God, man, and the universe. We've solved it. Well, in a podcast. And not a particularly long one. We should tell people about that. Yes. Why bother? Put that on the title for this, Hanson. Armstrong and Getty and crew solve the meaning of life. Man, God, etc. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's not much more to say, Mike. Well, so right. So there we are. I got nothing nothing to do. (laughs) We're done now. Great. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Taking a look at some uh, email we didn't get to on the show today. This is a little exhibit we could call. uh, This is what our lives are like. Note number one from Sean, not the guy who works here, a different one. Been a huge fag going on three years now. That's a friend of Armstrong and Getty. I sell cars in the Virginia Beach area. Awesome. I like to put on the radio for customers during their test drive. Yep. Now, this refers to something that happened a few days ago, but he writes, right. wanted you guys to know my customer almost crashed the car from laughing so hard when you were roasting that San Diego news channel about National Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> Oh, the Do guy, you remember the that? The guy's at top of the morning to you. <laughs> That's not a pirate. Right. Uh, thankfully, he still bought the car, so keep it up, says Sean. Uh, that is that is really funny. That's nice to know we delighted a would-be car buyer yeah. in Virginia Beach. Yeah. That is that is good. Then the next email. I've Ver- bought cars before where the car salesman says, what kind of music you like? And they put on what you like to drive around. That's probably a good idea, right? Yeah. Get you in a good mood, the music you like. Sure, sure why not? Really similar note here. 
If the cat mother of a litter believes she cannot support all the kittens, she will kill and eat the ones she thinks will not survive. I cried a lot that morning. She didn't eat the little legs and paws. Whew. Okay, this is what I do with my afternoons, in case you're curious, going through the email. So that's the whole email. There wasn't a... That's the entirety of it. Therefore, you can see with the Trump administration, there there was no... No, that's it. No, we talked about stray cats and stuff like that. Oh, man. And and a a gent weighed in. His uh, topic is natural animal behavior, cats. Um... That's uh, that's something great. Okay, well, let's continue, and 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 on we go. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> Trump bootlickers, writes Bruce. My initial impulse was to use his first name and last because it's signed. Oh, because you're vindictive on the show. Because uh, I'm vindictive. Um, hey, Trump bootlickers. Here's an excerpt from your recent show. Um, um. Well, you know, uh, Trump's my man. Uh, you know. You guys ever listen that to your show? Sounds just like us. Your crappy, <laughs> that must have been a podcast. There's no way that was on the show proper. Your crappy <laughs> politics aside, you were impossible to listen to. <laughs> thank you for doing the impossible right. and listening, sir. Sir, thank you for your comments. Do you know anything about what cat mothers do if they can't support their kittens? You should just forward that cat email to every other hate email that you get. That should be your response. Yeah. Yeah. And so they just sit there. What do you suppose he meant by... What, why is he, he trying to say I... Uh, is this a... Does he want me to... <laughs> I love that. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstronggetty.com. I don't remember what this is, so I'm glad you're bringing it up. I hear, Stay tuned. I hear people refer to this now and then, and I think, I don't remember what this is, and I don't care enough to Google it. Stay with us. Or bing it. First, this from Dirk the German. It's a little bonus mailbag here, podcast edition. We're talking about how Stanford has the special physics classes for minorities now, or they proposed it. So if minority students are struggling, they can get extra help. And then they have these silly classes where you get credit for going to hear a female professor talk about being a female professor. It's just so woke and dumb. But Dirk, the German, points out there are about 30,000 high schools in the USA. Stanford lets in about 3,000 freshmen a year. This means they can take the top student from every 10th high school in the nation. Why would they offer physics for dummies at Stanford? This is like offering a class to the Olympic gymnasts on how to do a somersault. Well, I was going to say that yesterday and I never got around to it. Can't we have some places where they only take the best? And mm-hmm. all the energy they and money they have is devoted into making the, the best the right. best they can be. Right. I, I under- Excellence. I, I, Hierarchy. I understand on a whole bunch of different regular levels of just your average high schools and colleges in general and all that sort of stuff. But if you're going to be a um, a free market system, which, which includes the free market of uh, talents and all that sort of stuff, you got to have some institutions, your Stanford's, your Harvard, Yale's, whatever, where you actually only take the best. I don't care what your excuses are. We're only or reasons. They're not even excuses. They're reasons. Whatever. We're just taking the best 1,000 people at physics this year right. in our school. Right. Period. Right. And, and, you know, and the reason that that's okay 
if somehow somebody in the world somehow conspired to keep you out of there and you're the 1,000th and 3rd, I'm sure you'll be fine at that other place learning and going into your physics career. You've got to go to your dream school. It's got to be Harvard. (sighs) Anyway, got this uh, from John, and I don't want to... John makes a really good point about Trump and trade with China. Is the prisoner's dilemma either I drink toilet gin? No. Or I suffer sodomy? I mean, those are my two choices. Well, no. Uh, Let me read this from John. The trade war, Trump and China, classic case of prisoner's dilemma. Prisoner's dilemma is where two guys who don't like each other are placed in a small cell. One of them comes up uh, with the bright idea of befouling the cell to get even with the other guy. The prisoner's dilemma is not one of them taking a in the cell, John. That's not the way I've heard it. It's a very reductive way of describing it. <laughs> well, no. What's the, the more, classic uh, example okay. yes, is you've that. got two prisoners. And they and, got a dilemma. <laughs> yeah. A problem, Somebody if you will. Somebody in the cell, and they're trying to figure out who it is. No, I'll try to get this right. It wasn't me, so it had to be you. I was out playing basketball in the yard. I come back. There's a dump on the floor. This is no dilemma. So you got two prisoners, and you tell them, and I'll try to get this right. One of y'all, somebody got the murdered, we'll say. If you say it was him and you testify, then your sentence will be cut in half and he'll go to jail for good. But if you both say it was the other guy, you both get life in prison. And if neither one of you says it was the other guy... I can't remember if that's better or worse. You get to, so you've got to calculate what's the other guy going to do. Do I split the loaf and just keep my mouth shut? If you both say, I'm not saying anything, you're going to solve, you're going to serve two thirds of your sentence. But if you accuse the other guy and he doesn't accuse you, you serve a half of your sentence. But again, if you both accuse each other, you serve the entire sentence. So can you count on the other person to also do the gentle everybody wins thing, or will they do the selfish thing? Should you do the selfish thing in case he doesn't? But what if you but that's the prisoner's dilemma. It's a true dilemma. All right. And, and then then if you say I'm not a I'm not a snitch, but he does snitch on you, you take your <laughs> the cell, obviously. Well, at that point you might as well. Um <laughs> Uh, and how and does have this... a nice glass of Pruno? Yes, Sean. No, uh, uh, I, I was just going to say a a more modern example is uh, I've heard it used to talk about uh, green energy, right? If the the world is is the the scenario, right? It, and if it's all better if everybody gets on board with the green energy, sure. But if one person takes the the lead on that, then they in theory would suffer a hit to their economy that may or may not be worth what they do sure. in, in terms of the output. So it's, are you willing to sacrifice you maybe getting a, a worse version because the other person also isn't going to do the right thing? And I think I just confused myself. Mm. No, I, I get There's that. There's a lot of words, though, and it got yeah. us closer to the end. I get yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. So, and then how does this factor into the Trump thing? That's what's well, the in, China tra- Yeah, honestly, deal? well, then he says, um, time for the Donald to make some kind of deal 
lift all tariffs, declare victory, turn it over to the WTO for a year to figure out, because they won't, the World Trade Organization. The day after he's elected, he can start this up again, as it actually is a long-term correct strategy, as Lindsey Graham says, and has been backed by Democrats in the past. So I don't think it has anything to do with the prisoner's dilemma. Hmm. Well, we got a couple of pretty good emails on that same thing. The, the same, yeah, announce success. The uh, stock market skyrockets. You know, it's not really a success. They'll bitch about it on CNN and MSNBC, but you'll be fine. Then the day after the election, you go back at it. What's Sophie's choice? Is oh. that the same as the prisoner's dilemma? <laughs> Too sad. Well, can no. you give me an example that's not sad? Because I hear no, it. Right, I hear. I hear regularly in politics. It's a Sophie's choice. Uh, it's it's choosing. It's essentially picking your favorite child. You're asking somebody to make an impossible choice. Well, yeah, both any, choices are horrific. Okay, yeah. so any any choice where you got two bad choices is a Sophie's choice. Yeah, they. Okay. they I guess yeah, the, the opposite of favorite child. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Right. They uh, they gave uh, that that poor gal. It's a, it's a concentration camp movie. Don't she said, look, uh, that the Nazis said one of your kids can live. Which one? Okay. And she had to cho- choose. It's a horrific choice either way. Yeah, but I hear it applied all the time to like regular real life stuff that's not that. So here Damned if you do, there. damned if you don't. Okay, so we got that prisoner's prisoner's dilemma. Sophie says, What's a mule? It's part part horse, part donkey, right? That's right. Or okay. drug smuggler, depending do, on the slang. Do right, I have any exactly. other questions? <laughs> what's, a, what's a uh what's the sterile one? Uh mules are sterile. Mules are sterile. Yeah. Male donkeys mules. are not. No, donkeys can have uh, donkey babies. Right, little baby donkeys. Nothing cuter. We might get a miniature donkey. They're pretty cute. So are, is the typical mule uh, sad because it can't have mule children? Or is it glad because it doesn't have to like buy condoms and stuff? Because it's sterile anyway. It's Sophie's choice, man. So it can, No, it's not. <laughs> so, Prisoner's dilemma. It yeah. can just go around. Yeah. And I'd, More I'd imagine dilemma, yes. if you're a mule and like have the papers to prove it, you can go to like mule girls and and girl horses, girl donkeys. I don't think girl zebras. Once you've had zebra, man, I don't. Um, and they just go around making sweet mule love because the girls don't have to worry about getting knocked off. I don't think mules are sad. I think you got that from Winnie the Pooh. That's not actually true. <laughs> no, and that's Eeyore, and he's depressed. Yes, <laughs> he yeah. suffers from There's depression. A difference right. Which between isn't funny. sad. And clinical depression. Exactly. God, he was seriously, seriously. No matter depressed. the situation, he was always as sad. So that's oh, clinical depression. Why even bother? Yeah, he didn't look forward to anything anymore. He'd lost interest in the normal things that made him happy. Tigger, manic. Obviously, there's a Clearly. lot of mental health problems. Are you, that's actually oh, yeah. a, a theory that that uh, Winnie the Pooh. Each character represents just a different version of of mental uh, unhealth. How about the pantless Pooh? What's his deal? Public exposure. <laughs> Crap it in your cell. <laughs> yeah, it's the right exhibitionism. Exhibitionism. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, uh, Piglet's had a stutter and is kind of uh, oh, right. uh, not sure of himself. Right, right. Inferiority complex. Pooh poo is, is, is simple-minded, certainly, but maybe it's not oh, no. all their mental illness. It's the aspect of, uh, so aspects of personality. Winnie the Pooh has an eating disorder. Hide your bear junk, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Uh, Piglet has anxiety. Yes. Uh, Tigger has uh, ADHD. Clearly, yeah. Uh, the rabbit, obsessive-compulsive. Uh, the owl, narcissistic personality. And uh, Christopher Robin, schizophrenia. Really? He's talking to woodland oh, creatures. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Okay. Hmm. That's fine. 
And is there any heft behind that? I mean, is that just kind it's of a wacky internet theory? It, theory it, or is that? It f- makes sense to me. I don't know if that was actually what was intended, but the characters certainly do seem to display those sure. those tendencies. Which, you know, and the fact that kids like them so much and kids aren't told ahead of time. Now, each of these characters represents a uh, you know, mental, mental disorder. Yeah, yes. exactly. Kids <laughs> gravitate toward it means that we're perfectly comfortable with the, the, the palette of human... Uh, Variety. Yeah, say. I'd say it's more, you know, uh, behaviors writ large than mental illness. But the kids recognize that, and because they're writ large, they get it. Um, what's rabbit? Narcissistic uh, disorder. Uh, obsessive compulsive. Oh yeah, he is clearly OCD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The owl is narcissistic, narcissistic right. personality. Yeah, yeah. Wow, well, that makes you stop and think, huh? It does. Yeah. No mention of Kanga or Rue. I wonder what their deal is. Well, well, see, that gets back to my, it's the various aspects, not mental illnesses. Kanga and little Rue are wholesome. They're uh, motherhood and apple pie. And childhood. <laughs> Marsupials. Fascinating <laughs> beasts. Well, well, now we're yes, done, I guess. Are. Got the pouches. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So I mentioned this on the Armstrong and Getty show the other day. My kids are in trouble for they had been uh, sneaking candy. Large amounts of candy, too. Not just a Large amounts of, of large candy. Lar- yeah, tr- yeah. Just these giant Kit Kat bars. They're almost like novelty size. Right. They're like the size of a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And Jeez. and in eating bulk of those, um, we thought, wow, the kids are really getting along so well now. They go in the bedroom and close the door and play for hours at a time. You fools. <laughs> but they're never hungry for dinner. These it all seems obvious in retrospect. Yeah, really. Not hungry for dinner. Stomach problems. Good lord. Not but anyway, going to bed. And uh, we're most mostly blaming uh, the the older one for being the ringleader. And uh, is he the one with the uh, 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 fondness for sweets? Definitely. Well, they both like them, but uh, the the whole operation was run by his older brother, who's who's nine. Did he have an outside supplier, or was it just all inside? <laughs> yeah. There were, we were hidden various spots that we thought were hidden. He even, he even had his younger brother doing the climbing. There's a fair amount of climbing involved to get up on the cabinet and up on the various things and right. doing the dangerous part. That delights me. <laughs> yes. Just picturing those two trying to, no, they're, no, they're in their room. We can do it. We can do it. Climb up. Oh, yeah. They still talk about the one time you were asleep, and so we tiptoed by you. His, his younger brother's got this, like, Tourette's for honesty thing where he just tells everybody everything. It's just kind of funny. That's, yeah, so that's how it came out the other night. He just, I can't hold it anymore. We've been eating candy bars. I mean, that's just the way he is. It's not really a good accomplice for your uh, your criminal shit. And, and then exactly. immediately his older brother put the blanket over his head. Oh, God. The jig is up. But trying to figure out what the punishments would be, my my, my immediate punishment that, that I that I that I laid out was no no treats for a month. Full month, no treats. We're going to go. But I wondered if any of you have ever been punished by your parents. Like, I'm talking little kid stuff, not, you know, I got drunk and crashed the car and all that sort of stuff. But younger stuff, if you have any memory of being punished by your parents and if, if it had any effect. Hanson, our executive producer, is rarely on the podcast. Yeah. I uh, There is one. It sticks with me even to this day. My mom brought out the wooden spoon. 
Hit and, you with oh, a wooden yeah. spoon? Oh, yeah. Wow, I yeah. hadn't considered that. A couple a beating. Of times. <laughs> oh, a beating. Yeah. And it's it, an old-fashioned beating. That'll learn them. <laughs> it elicited the old, I hate you, Mom, and and, and, and the pain in her face. That hasn't left me. You know, because oh, I'd never and I never said it before, not since, but what had you ooh, done? That hurt. Uh I had been sick. I'd had a cold for a number of weeks, and I, I was running around outside with uh regular tennis shoes and got my feet got really wet, and she said, Don't go out and get your feet wet again. And I did the exact opposite thing, ran through a bunch of puddles and came back. And she just having a bad day. She got the spoon out and whack. Right. And you were going with the how far can I push my defiance thing, which I wasn't do. really trying. I oh, was just okay. I was just I kind of just didn't wasn't paying attention. That's a hard thing to judge with kids, too, sometimes is trying to figure out what is just a mistake that we all make and which is a which is a malicious attempt to willful disobedience yeah, to see how far I can push you and whether or not you mean it when you say this. Which is always a tough one. Sean? Uh, the one that sticks out to me the most was, uh, shoot, I don't even remember the age, single digits age, uh, but I was in a, a knick-knack store with my mom, and they were selling the little bags of marbles, and I loved marbles when I was a kid. We used to play with them at recess. Sure. And you got your cat's eyes, your frosties. Oh, yeah. Peary's. You, you get a steely. Oh, that's a good stuff if mm-hmm. you get a steely. Uh, and uh, I, I, essentially, I stole a little bag of marbles. It cost like a buck or something like that. We were walking out to the car. I pulled it out of my pocket. I was like, excellent. Got away with it. Right. My mom said, hey, where'd that come from? And did the whole thing. Well, no, we're going back in. You're going to pull over the manager and you're going to give it back. You're going to tell him. Well, first she talked about, you know, no, that's stealing. We don't do that. You don't, you don't pay. And then I remember the, the, the whole thing of, you know, talking to adults and, you know, asking for forgiveness. And he, he was, he didn't overreact or anything like that. He said, okay, well, you know, thank you for being honest and bringing this back to me. And he kind of doubled down on the no stealing is bad lesson that my mom was teaching. But it made an impact on you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I never, I mean, to this day when I, I, I'll see videos of, you know, various surveillance things of people stealing things or, and it's just, I, I get flashbacks to that time that I did that. And I remember those, those feelings that I had and mainly just the disappointment on my mom's of just right. the, I looked at it because she wasn't mad. It was just like, no, you don't know. Right. No, 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 no. I'm not raising a kid who does that. Yeah. That sometimes you don't understand that as a kid. And sometimes you do. You can see it in their faces. Both of you just said, but that's the feeling of a parent where you're, you're not, I wasn't mad as much as just, Oh, dang it. You did that. Why you got to do that? And I can't trust you and this and that. And Michelangelo. I believe I was re- disrespectful to my dad and by using the F-bomb towards him or something like that. And some for some reason, I remember though it was my mom that spanked me, but she used a shoe, of all things. Hmm. I you mean, have any idea like how old you were? Oh, I was maybe eight, nine, something dropped like that. Dropped an F-bomb as an eight-year-old. Yeah, but towards him. I didn't I really understand. I don't think you dropped an F-bomb my entire well, time you know, knowing. This may sound strange, <laughs> yeah. but... I didn't really understand what profanity was, oh. and then I tried it out on him, and apparently it didn't See, go that's, well. See, that's another example of what I was just saying, and I've made this mistake before, too, where I come down hard and realize it was an innocent mistake. It was a, they didn't know what they were saying or doing or taking or whatever. So no, I thought I was, the, like, being funny. I thought this word was funny. But you funny. deserved the shoe. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I think it was like a stripper heel or something like that. <laughs> and you've never said the F word <laughs> since. Nope, never. Fantastic. Marshall Phillips. Uh, I got spanked on a number of occasions uh, with the hand and the bare butt. And uh, and I mean, did it do any good? See, well, that's mo- what I'm looking for is punishment that actually corrects the well, problem. After a while, yeah. But, you know, for a while there it was mostly me just being rebellious and standing up and saying, no, I right. won't do that. No. And, uh, you know, I would like push the buttons as far as I could. Push and push and push. Let's see how far we can go. 
So uh, maybe I got spanked maybe seven, eight times you know, over the years. Last time was 22, but it wasn't by my mom. <laughs> I mean, even the fact that when, when the, the younger accomplice spilled the beans to the fuzz um, and, and gave up the gig on, on how we're eating candy bars, the fact that the older son had the reaction of, oh, no, pulled the right. blanket over his head. Yeah. I feel like the lesson's already being learned. Um, the no treats is a good one. You have to. You, one thing you really hope Hanson knows this too. When you have kids, you hope that they have the ability to feel bad about doing something wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a. I remember a moment with one of our kids where we said, "Okay, good. He's not a sociopath." I mean, that he right, he had right. a conscience about something. You hope they have a conscience. That's that's your can be your worry sometimes. They just don't care. <laughs> they just do not care. If I'm upset or if they did something right, wrong. Have they just not learned yet, or is this just uh, something that they don't have? In, in, in... Luckily, so far, we seem to have that. Yeah, True pre- or not? Yeah, I'm pretty sure my daughter's a sociopath. I'm mean, uh, <laughs> determined that based on, yeah, oh, at four, we've already oh. come to that determination. She just yeah. doesn't care? Doesn't care. No, she's more concerned about how she feels. So, you know. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's fantastic. Man. I definitely have had so. those days or, or moments where we thought, he, he just doesn't care. There's nothing. He does not care. It doesn't make any, any difference Lacks to him. the capacity for caring. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for your help. I don't know if that did any good, but there you go. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com.